KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic at the Wall Street Journal. The Lake House stars Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock as lovers stuck in a bitemporal relationship. He's living in 2004. She's in 2006. It's like a bicoastal relationship during an airline strike or a seventh grader going gaga over a ninth grader. But worse, because Alex and Kate can never see or touch each other, even though they occupy the same house and get to know one another through letters left in a magic mailbox. Kate's dog, however, trots freely between past and future. Don't ask how, since nothing stands up to scrutiny in this movie, least of all the lethargic acting and the clumsy script. I was hot to trot for the exit halfway through, but a dogged sense of duty kept me stuck in an endless present. The movie is based on a six-year-old Korean film with an Italian title, Il Mare, In keeping with the title, the house in the original version sat on a romantic, fog-swept beach overlooking the sea. So why would the producers of the remake want to change the setting to a lake near Chicago and lose what the sea gave the story, a sense of timelessness, vastness, and mystery? Again, don't ask. That's only one of many cockeyed decisions that went into the upsizing and downgrading of a fragile fable. The Korean film was made with touching simplicity and gorgeous cinematography. Two beautiful, lonely young people discovered the time disjuncture, struggled to understand it, and then managed to touch each other's souls through their letters, which they deposited in the beach house's antique mailbox. But simplicity is the first victim of star vehicles these days, and the lake house is nothing if not a star vehicle. That means Kate has become a physician with a demanding practice. Alex is a frustrated architect with an acute father problem. His domineering old man, played quite badly by Christopher Plummer, is a world-famous architect who built the lake house in the first place. The cinematography is uneven at best, although the lovers now talk to one another on split screens. And the mailbox is now a standard suburban model with a flag that moves mysteriously and ridiculously whenever Kate, invisible to Alex, or Alex, invisible to Kate, deposits a letter. It's a red flag, of course, and you should heed it. Nacho Libre has Jack Black and polyester stretch pants and a preposterous cape. He's very funny at first, jumping around like some Zorro with a bad body mass index, but then his antics wear thin. He plays Nacho, a Mexican nebbish who grew up in a monastery and still works there as its cook, serving tasteless slops to Obagon orphans. Nothing much happens, though the nothingness is entertaining, until Nacho goes off to moonlight as a lucha libre wrestler, a luchador in the Mexican tradition. Then the same thing happens over and over. He and the skeleton, his mournful partner in the ring, earn good money for being beaten within centimeters of their lives, and Nacho spends his losings on providing the orphans with decent food. The movie was directed by Jared Hess, who made Napoleon Dynamite, a terrific debut film done in a deadpan style. But there's a difference between deadpan and dead. Nacho Libre's early scenes are as good as they are because Jack Black underplays them. Yes, he does so with an absurd Mexican accent and with a lecher-in-the-headlights expression whenever he's in the presence of a beautiful nun. Still, this constitutes a kind of understatement for an outsized comic talent. 
Once Nacho gets the wrestling bug, though, it's all about Jack Black, the irrepressible clown, and the comedy dies a slow death for lack of fresh ideas. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. I'll have more reviews on KCRW next week. KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.